Welcome to Zero's Game Room, where all things gaming takes place. Interviews, discussions, and the latest gaming news. So take a seat, get comfortable, adjust your headset, because it's game time. Here's your host, Zero. Welcome to Zero's Game Room, the podcast where we talk about all things gaming. And today we're going to talk about some recent news that we've gotten in the past couple of weeks and kind of just unpackage everything we've gotten with that information. But with me, as always, my partner in crime, Onpred. Dude, thanks, man. I even took a shower. I even used soap. Oh, dude, I feel fantastic. Yeah, dude, you freaking stink up the studio all the time. What's <laughs> wrong with you? I can't help it, man. So, the recent news, and we're going to start off a little bit on a sad note. Telltale Games, after providing us with a bunch of, I guess, visual novel games, is, shut, is closing its doors, shutting it all down, and it's depressing. Um, I personally actually really enjoyed Telltale Games. Uh, for those who don't know Telltale Games, like I said, they're kind of visual novels. You play through a story, and the decisions you make kind of create a dialogue. There's, there's not much of, like, it's not like an action-adventure game where you're going out and killing things. You play essentially through a novel, which, Onpred, what are your opinions about this this company closing down and just your experience, if any at all, with Telltale. With Telltale Games, I never really invested my time to them. Um, I think a visual novel is is a term that shouldn't be used with this game. Even though that's the kind of games that they make, I think the production work that they do with these games, even as someone that never played them, I think it's very high. I've seen people who love their series who love the stories that they've been building and compared to people who just put two characters together and just put a dial dialogue box i know they go the extra mile they do the extra steps to go into that um i think it's a shame that i don't play it maybe i should play some games but i think as a human spec in a human perspective in a human perspective, I think it's very sad that a company with people who have jobs, people who go there daily, who have the job security, is going away. No matter what company it is, even if it was uh, Konami, and everybody hates Konami, I think if they went down, I would still be sad because there's people that work there, there's families that needs to be fed, and I think it's sad that that has to go under. Even even people that like Telltale Games who make great stories, they're going down, and I think that's sad. Right. Yeah, I would agree. Now, granted, some people have come out and said that Telltale Games treated them poorly, but we're not going to dive into that because, you know, that's very subjective. We're going to give you with what we know and a little bit of our perspective with what happened. Now, very popular for them was the Walking Dead franchise that they did Telltale Games about where you followed certain characters. They also did one with Borderlands. They did it with Batman. They did a lot of good games. And... You kind of have to take a look at all these games, and they have a similar trait, and I really feel that's what went wrong. Because the reason Telltale Games is closing down is that they're not making enough money anymore. Because it's very expensive to make these type of games where you pick scenarios and what you say can affect characters and whatnot. So that's a little expensive. So these games aren't selling. Now, the reason I personally think they're not selling anymore is because... At least, I'm going to take the biggest example, because I really think they blew up back in 2012 with The Walking Dead. Season 1, it came out, people really seemed to enjoy it, and even at the beginning, the one of the first few screens you set, that you see, it says, hey, um, all these events are fictional, but what you say will determine what happens next. So you're thinking every decision matters, but as time grew on, you realized... <sighs> 
that they really didn't matter because these characters that you grew to love in the next season they were cut off not only that the way the the walking dead worked is let's say you bought the game okay you get chapter one and then you wait for people to play it and then months later they release chapter two of season one you had to always be constantly waiting for the next chapter do you know what i'm saying like it wasn't something that you just sit down and you could play an afternoon. You might finish the chapter in an hour or two, and then then what? Now you just got to wait for the next story to unfold. And the problem with that is that over time, people would get would rather go play something else. It's like, why am I going to waste my time playing this? And I play for two hours, and then I have to wait another month or two for the next chapter to come out. Or the next, uh, yeah, the next chapter in the season. And you'd get like five chapters in a season. And then during season two... See, you're trying to keep people alive, right? But at the end, people would die. And near the end, even if you saved a certain amount of people with the new season, somehow they'd have a flashback showing you of how the other people you saved died, like in a car accident while you were driving or something. The only character to survive throughout this entire series is Clementine. Now, Clementine was this little girl with who she met Lee. That went on with the whole story, but everybody else, and I'm sorry for people who haven't played it, but it they all just didn't make it to the end, and that's what sucks, and that's what makes it really bad that they weren't they're making you love these characters and then just killing them off. You grew to love them and then, well, they die. Not by your choice, but for the fact that now you're on a new season and those characters can't exist in this chapter or this season for whatever reason. Just because that's how they wanted to. And you can't do that. You gotta, if you are a person who are saving these characters in The Walking Dead, they should be able to transfer over to the next seasons. Yes, that would probably make things very difficult, but... It loses its charm of, like, whatever you say and do, well, it affects the entire gameplay because in reality, it didn't. It really didn't. So now we're never going to get an ending because this season that was out right now, it's on, like, the second or third chapter, was going to be the finale. And now we're not going to get those last chapters. So we don't get to know how Clementine, uh, how she ends up in this. She's all grown up now. We don't get to see her. We don't get to see what happens to her or AJ. We don't get to see the finale. We don't get to see if she makes it out of life. If she dies, if we don't get an ending. It's like if you started a movie and then just have, like, near the end, it just fades to black. And now, well, that's it. You get nothing. And now we're never going to get any of these Telltale games anymore. They really needed to spice it up. It was too formulatic. And it needed... Ah, it just needed to do more. And now it sucks that we'll, we won't get an ending. It just won't exist. Well, I have a question for you. Thinking of, yeah. thinking of it at an outsider's perspective, do you think... Two questions. Do you think it's maybe because of uh, poor management in terms of like leadership? Like, hey... For this season, let's not even matter. Let's not take that extra step. And second question for you would be, do you think it would have been better? Because we talked about this before. And they made a lot of games similar to everything. It had a similar yeah, style. Do you think it would have been better for them to go outside their comfort zone and make a different game? I will say this. I think it might have worked. Some people might have had some backlash for it. But I think what would have really saved them is the fact that your decisions actually had an impact later on. Because any season furthermore, like there's some parts where you don't even get to control Clementine. Because in the first game, you didn't control Clementine. And there's certain parts where you don't control her. But yet she's the consistent character that sticks around. So it does suck. But in all this 
crappiness you know i do say you're right you know what let me just finish answering your two questions i think yeah they should have gone a little bit a direction and i think there might have been some poor leadership because the sales just kept declining yeah declining the hardcore fans stayed but if you're not pulling in new people with this you're spending so much time and money on this game it's not gonna sell and that was the problem that was the achilles heel but like i said going back uh there is a uh, bit of a what do I call it? A light at the end of this tunnel while Telltale Games. I'm personally pissed because I actually really enjoyed these games. I really did. Um, a lot of companies, because like you, you mentioned, a lot of people are losing their jobs. Companies like Blizzard, Twitch, Dice, Epic Games, Naughty Dog, Ubisoft, they opened their door saying like, hey, because th- these people were tweeting out like, hey, lost my job, blah, blah, blah. Or it sucks, man. They treated me poorly. Like over 200 employees were fired on the day that they mentioned that they were closing. Damn. Yeah, yeah imagine. Yeah. It was like 250 people losing their jobs because they were closing down. They were shutting down. I thought they were at least going to finish. There was a rumor saying they were at least going to just finish The Walking Dead and just call it quit. But they're not even doing that. So all these people. But luckily in this community of video games. And that's kind of what this whole podcast was supposed to start off with. To show people that video games aren't just a company that want your money. Yes, of course, that's the point to make a profit, but it's not just for people to just, you know, living in their basement and that's all they do. No, companies actually have a humanly heart. They care. Blizzard, Twitch, Dice, Epic Games, Naughty Dog, Ubisoft, they're saying, hey, come apply. You guys lost your jobs. Come apply to us. We'll hire you. Because Telltale Games... Regardless if you loved it or hate it, they created quality content games. And these people know what they're doing, so why not give them a second chance? And I think that's very, very not only classy, I think it's very honorable that these companies are opening their doors to these people and taking them in. It's very human in in an environment that isn't very humane to begin with. I completely agree with you. I think these companies, Blizzard, Twitch, Dice, Epic Games, Study Dog, and Ubisoft, I think they're games that they come out, it wouldn't hurt to hire another storyboard guy. I would think it wouldn't hurt to hire another Telltale Games employee. I think the games that they have and the stories that they can get behind, I think it's yes. a, I think it's an honor that they would, without a doubt, open the doors wide open for them. I think anybody who's good at making stories, I think these games would love it because that's what this whole industry is about. Making the game play good, but also getting invested to what your product is actually about. Absolutely, yeah. Because that you brought up a good point, and I hope I've been talking. We've been talking about Telltale for ten <laughs> minutes, but I think we're getting, you know, plans change with stuff like this happens. But you're right because these guys, they at least knew what real good story was and i think that's the reason these telltale games did so well yeah from an outsider perspective for some because you didn't invest too much time in these games did you no i hardly at all okay you know what that's fair and that's completely okay as someone who did invest their time not necessarily a lot of money but i did watch a lot of let's players and i followed what their decisions were but mostly because I didn't have the monies for it. So that's, I'm going to be honest. It's a broke college student. It's how the life is. Um, but seeing them following it, the stories are so good. They're so impactful, hurtful. Some of the decisions you make are very, very difficult. Do you save a child? He's young and he's your best friend's kid. Or do you save this other guy who is very good on your team because he can take out zombies and protect 
the group as a whole. And you can only save one. And you have to face the consequences. So I would agree 100% that these people know what makes a good story. What will pull out your heartstrings. And me personally, I'm a person who loves a good story in a video game. So the fact that they're going to go to companies like Naughty Dog, who have made Uncharted. They're going to go to Blizzard. They're going to go to Twitch. Ubisoft. These guys are going to get a second chance. And... Honestly, it's kind of like a blessing in disguise. We might see more games that are story-driven and story-focused because they're going to be going to these companies. Do you not agree? I, I agree with you 100%, man. I think I think this is a very great move on their part. I think that whatever these companies are doing to do that to a storyboard, to storyboard people and whoever's going to do that and open their doors, man, I think that's a great idea. I think, I think it's, it's a win-win for everybody. It's a blessing in disguise. Yes. That's essentially <laughs> Not a win-win, but... but yeah. Not a win-win. But, oh, yeah, wait, well, no, but we, yeah. they, they're going to finish one thing. What are the, What's the one thing they're going to finish? They're going to finish their Minecraft. The Minecraft story with Netflix because it's the partnership with Netflix. Yeah. Really, fellas? Okay, whatever. Enough, enough of Telltale yes. Games. Let's move on to some more exciting news, being the... PlayStation Classic, man. It's for $100. Oh, wait, really? It's $100? It's $100 for a piece of plastic with an emulator, but, 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 it's 20 games in the system, and for what we know right now, it's Final Fantasy VII, Jumping Flash, Jumping Flash uh, Ridge Racer Type 4, Taken 3, and Wild Arms. And okay, those aren't so bad. They aren't so bad, but it also includes two wired controllers and a virtual memory card and an HDMI cable. But the one controversial thing that's happening right now is it does not include an AC adapter. For whatever reason, they include the they, ah, they include the USB uh, power cord, but they won't include the power brick or the USB power brick. And so, how are you going to connect this? With money, man. You if you paid for <laughs> if you paid it for little Timmy or if I. Zero, if I became so nice and I was like, you know what, buddy, here's a PlayStation Classic, you would open it up and you with all the excitement in the world, you're going to be disappointed because the only way that you're going to get that system to run for which I already paid a hundred dollars for for a system to work is you're going to have to go to the store or whatever you do and you got to get an AC adapter or a USB plug. That could definitely stir some controversy because, I mean, first of all, it's a hundred dollars. That's Okay. But, I mean, and the games aren't too bad. Final Fantasy VII, that's very popular. Okay. Wild Arms, I don't know if you've played it. It's pretty fun. It's a good jar- uh, turn-based RPG. Mm-hmm. Very underrated. But, yeah, that AC adapter, it's a bit of a kick of the nuts. I mean, granted, I can guarantee you, though, even though it's a little bit of a kick in the nuts, you also have to realize it's the PlayStation 1. If people didn't, like, at least people in the 90s... um, they grew up around the Super Nintendo, N64, yeah. PlayStation 1, PlayStation 2 era. So even though it's not going to come with an AC adapter, I think it's still going to sell well. I mean, I think it's going to sell great because I'm excited. Even though I had a PS2, I would love to play these games. But it's like, it's like if I bought a PS4 right now, the Pro or whatever edition, or even an Xbox or Switch, and you don't include the power source. How am I... What? <laughs> like, it's so common for us to include it. Why are you going to take it out? It, it, who do you think you are? Apple coming out with new iPhones and you're still not giving us if, fast charging? But you have to give us... Oh, what do you mean? You, we got to spend $50 to buy a brick so we can fast charge our phones. It's kind of like that. No, no. no. Like, We're a trillion dollar company. What are you talking about? Yeah, fair <laughs> enough. Yeah. Well, that, actually, they're, I, I know this isn't a tech podcast. It's a video game podcast. But just really quickly, it's just like, yeah, come on. Really? 
Really? It's, it's common. It's um, common courtesy. You you would think they expect it, but it's not. But you know what? Regardless, I'm still excited. Um, I think a while ago everybody was asking like, "Oh, what favorite games would you put on there?" And everybody was going crazy. I think if they put Tony Hawk, I would be hyped. That's just my perspective. I think, yeah, I'd they, be hyped. they really have to put games that are gonna tug at the memory because, like, with the NES and the SNES classic. Um, they put in a whole bunch of like the fan favorite games and that was really smart, but it's kind of interesting to me to see that PlayStation is now trying to hop on that same train that Nintendo did, which kind of leads to another question that I know we didn't really talk about, but I I, I remember I had this like twirling in my head. How far are they going to go? How far is any company going to go? If that like, do you you understand what I'm trying to say? Like, okay, super Nintendo, it made sense. The NES and the SNES, but like. The PlayStation Classic. PlayStation. Yeah. You know what? I think for PlayStation, they don't have much to work with. Because recently, for uh, PlayStation, they just stopped supporting the PS2, like, tech-wise. And I think Mm -hmm. PlayStation Classic was them trying to grab the money from Nintendo. And you know what? For anybody that says, oh, they're on the bandwagon. Oh, it's just them trying to make a quick buck. Who cares? That's games that we can play that I never maybe had a chance to play. Games that you never played or even Zero hasn't played. I think games that I can share memories with, with my friends or with my new baby cousins or whatever, I would love to share them. Like, hey, this is the old pixelized graphics, man. Not only that, you get it in full HDMI. Yeah, it looks like sin, but (laughs) but it's going to play great and we're going to have a great time. See, that's the thing. Like, it might look like sin, but even like, look at the like, look at the day and age we're in. We're getting a bunch of like retro games that are new every other like month and stuff. Like, people still have a market for the retro look. And even though PlayStation One, all the them polygons, all them squares <laughs> and triangles, mm. yeah, okay. But I digress. I still think this is gonna sell well. I think it's gonna do really well. Even though. I guess, so I'm assuming the console is going to get powered through uh, USB for the most part for most people until they shell out a um, AC adapter of some sort. But it's interesting because around the time that PlayStation came out with this and said, hey, we're going to do this, Nintendo had also very much... See, here's what's been going on. Here's the problem. Nintendo for a while has been trying to apply. Like, they send it... To, they're trying to trademark... Uh, the NES Classic, the SNES Classic, and that's and they did, and they came out. The N64 was a little more difficult to get it like patented and licensed, and you're like, why? Because the N64 was the introduction of things like, for example, I guarantee you, they they're trying to get um, 007 GoldenEye, because right after PlayStation did this, Nintendo has been working on getting their patent and everything to get the, Mar- uh, the Mario, the Nintendo 64 Classic to be a thing. And they're obviously going to want to try to get 007 GoldenEye. But here's the problem with 007 GoldenEye being on that. There's a lot of hoops you have to jump. The James Bond. Oh, yeah. The movie. There's a lot you licensing-wise. So they're really – they've been working hard. But they finally got somewhat of a trademark. So it's not confirmed that they're going to make one. But I think it's highly likely. And this goes back to the question I asked earlier. How far are these companies going to go? Are, are we going to see an N64 classic? Are we going to see – an Xbox classic? Will Microsoft mm. join it? And the original Xbox? Will the PlayStation be like PlayStation 2 classic? Is that what the cutoff one? At what point do some of these companies like kind of like cut it? Because I know very early on Sega did the Genesis classic. It didn't sell very well. Are they going to do maybe, I don't know, the Dreamcast? 
the Sega Saturn's classic? That would be cool. I would be so hyped for that game, actually. For that uh, classic, I'll be so hyped. I think for right? them, that's a good point for Sega. For Nintendo, I wouldn't even go as far as to say the GameCube. If they go with the GameCube classic... Oh, I didn't even think of the GameCube. That would be great. I think that would be great. And I think that's maybe the last peg Nintendo can go on this hype train or on the classic train. And then for Xbox, for Xbox, I would say no. I would say give it a couple more years because they do a lot of backwards capability, compatibility, my bad. And that's been a great market for them. So I want to say maybe give it a couple more years when the Xbox is running out of parts and people can't find or buy them. And I think that would be the perfect time for them to come out with a classic Xbox. But for right now, the N64 Classic, I think it's a great time to release it. Um, I wish, though, I wish these events, the classics, would be a little bit more hyped. I wish there was, like, maybe, like, two or three years between them. So it would be like, oh, my gosh, the new N64, what? Like, four years ago, we got the SNES, and then for that. But I think they're just, they're really profitable. But I know we got to wrap this up. Yeah, yeah, I get it, yeah. Uh, But no, I think you're right. It would have been interesting, to, but it's like one after the other. I mean, granted, like the past two holidays, I think we've gotten the NES and the SNES. I don't, like I said, nothing's been confirmed. So uh, we don't know if we'll get one this holiday, but maybe like around mid-season next year or maybe next holiday season we'll get the 64 Classic. I don't know. A lot is up in the air. But I will say this. I'm excited to see what happens. I definitely am excited for the PlayStation Classic. Don't know if I'll get one myself, but I do want to see what comes of these systems. That's my final thought. Any final thoughts from you? Uh, my final thought would be is that uh, whatever trademarks that they have now, I think it's perfect. Even though I wish there was a big fanfare for these classic machines, I think it's better if they do it now. Because once trademarks and once copyright laws and all that stuff get more complicated and leadership and trademarks go to different hands to where it's more holes, like you said earlier, more loopholes, more this, more that. I think I think this is better to get it out now as a regular proper product so that we can receive it as consumers rather than maybe getting rather than, you know, as they say, PlayStation classic, having 20 games, all well, maybe 10 years down the road, we can only get five games. Right. I I see what you're saying. Yeah, no, that's good. You know what? That's a good way to end it. We'll see what happens. I, I I would probably shell out a lot of money for an N64 classic. I'm just going to throw that I out there. The N64, yeah, no, <laughs> come on. Let's play, bro, let's play some N64 Smash in HDMI. Let go. But until next time, we will see you in the next episode of Zero's Game Room. So see you next time. Bye-bye. Bye. Well, that wraps up another episode of Zero's Game Room. Want to give a special thanks to my graphics designer, at Trekit on Twitter, and at David underscore Ritter for voicing my intro. Keep up to date with the podcast by liking it on Facebook, at Zero's Gaming Room, and on Twitter, at Zero's Game Room. Until next time, GG, with a definite re.